3: Play for free at
2: LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
4: This is the look ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VCN, the sports betting network. Scott Zadenberg here with you. It is the look ahead on VCNV Sports Betting Network. You can always hit me up on Twitter at On Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. We are in the swing of things in the Major League Baseball regular season. Uh the Padres are off to a four-and-one start. They look good. The Blue Jays three-one. Uh how about the Astros three and one? Phillies as well. The Guardians have a plus 14 run differential, so we know that they're scoring a ton of runs. It's been a fun start to the season. It's been very fun. Uh, I've enjoyed it. I'm so happy baseball is back. I love it. It's my favorite sport. And uh, just kind of watching these teams and, and really taking this opportunity. Yes, you know, we're, we're doing well. The play of the day is 4-1 uh, after the first five days of the season. So feeling good about that but also just kind of taking this opportunity to learn about certain teams and see what we're getting because, you know, you could throw out all the stats you want about last season. That was last season. So not a lot of it applies for some of the things that we're looking at here this season. And as we accumulate more data from this season, well, those are the stats and the trends that you're going to start to rely on when it comes to handicapping these games. Because, listen, a lot of these guys change year in and year out. Uh, Obviously, the lineups and some of the rosters, there's changeover. But for certain players, maybe it's just a a tweak of a mechanic here or there, working with a new hitting coach or a new pitching coach. Things could change, and players could change. Certainly, there's the uh, subtraction of the sticky stuff. Right? Major League Baseball has done a good job uh, midway through last season. The crackdown on the spider tack and the other foreign substances. And what have we seen? Spin rates go down and other metrics go down. And you wonder why some players that started this season, I'm looking at you, Milwaukee Brewers, not accusing anybody, but why some of the pitchers have struggled. They don't look like the great pitchers that they were. Last season, Um, eh, just, you know, taking a look at some things. Maybe I'm just being facetious. Anyway, here's what went down here on uh, Monday. Guardians with a 10-7 win over the Royals. I mentioned their run differential. They're scoring a ton of runs. Uh, The Orioles blanked the Brewers 2-0. Rockies 6-4 over the Rangers in extra innings. Uh, Tigers 3-1 over the Red Sox. And, And by the way, the Red Sox and Yankees today, especially the Red Sox, were auto fates. With those two teams playing each other Sunday night baseball after a, a weekend series to open up the year, the Red Sox then having to travel and play an early game in Detroit against the Tigers, just a bad spot for them. And then the Yankees, easy to see them come out a little bit flat here Against the Blue Jays and a really talented young pitcher in Alec Manoa, both the Yankees and Red Sox lose. Uh, the A's, what an offensive explosion! Thirteenth to two over the Rays. We actually had a a, um, a position player go into pitch for the Rays. The Phillies came back from four nothing down against the Mets to win five four. They scored five runs in the eighth inning, and this game was really just, it started out on a bad note. So the Phillies were my play today. Um, Alec Boehm, the third baseman of the Phillies, made three errors in this game. One player, three throwing errors, including one in the first inning that kind of changed everything. Um, There was a play in the first inning where Ranger Suarez, who was on a pitch count going into this game, he gave up a leadoff single, Next batter, Starling Marte, hits a comebacker to the mound. If he fields it, he turns a double play, and there's two outs and nobody on base in the first inning. Instead, the ball bounces off of his glove. The third baseman, Alec Boehm, picks it up, throws the ball into right field. Now everyone's running around the bases, and, you know, a couple of hits later, Mets score three runs. In the first inning, so it's, uh, it's crazy about what could have been, but there's something that the reason why I like, because I'm, I'm a first five better. I bet a lot of first fives a handicap the starting pitching, but the reason why I like the full game in this one was because I knew both starting pitchers were going to be on a pitch count. Both Taiwan Walker and Ranger Suarez left the games early. It was going to be a bullpen game, going both teams. And the Mets were going to be without their closer, Edwin Diaz, who's on the bereavement list. And so, handicapping both these teams, looking at both their bullpens, and knowing that the Mets are without their best arm in the bullpen, the Phillies were the play for me. And it turns out, it's exactly what happened. Where Seth Lugo came into the game at the end and was unable to lock it down. You know, credit David Peterson of the Mets, who threw four shutout innings and was great. And Nick Nelson, too, of the Phillies, who did a tremendous job as well. But then Trevor May comes in. He has to leave the game with some sort of arm stiffness. Joely Rodriguez, who they acquired from the Yankees in a trade um, for Miguel Castro because they needed a left-handed arm in their bullpen, he gives up a two-run shot to JT Realmuto. And Seth Lugo comes in and, you know, back-to-back hits. um, uh, You know, a Reese Hoskins double scores Nick Castellanos. And then a Didi Gregorius double scores Reese Hoskins. Phillies score five times in the bottom of the eighth inning to get that victory. Elsewhere, you got the Nationals beat up on the Braves. Twins blank the Mariners. The Angels, a 6-2 win over the Marlins. I actually really like the Angels going into this game. Because they had a massive uh, advantage over um, Eliezer Hernandez of the Marlins. A lot of players uh, had some, you know, good numbers. And there was a lot of things to like about this team. But this matchup, I'm saying. But with Mike Trout not in the lineup, it scared me off. Now, it shouldn't have scared me off because the Angels wound up scoring uh, four runs in the first two innings. (laughs) And they wound up winning six to two. But I was scared off of it. I didn't play it, wish I did, but I didn't because uh, Mike Trout was not in the lineup. Here's your schedule on Tuesday: early game, Red Sox Tigers, one o'clock Eastern time, one ten Eastern time. First pitch in Detroit. Boston is a minus one thirty favorite in Game Two of this series. Uh, Guardians are at the Reds. Cleveland is minus one twenty. Mariners at the White Sox. Chicago minus one thirty. In that matchup, Vince Velasquez goes against Matt Brash. Now, I love fading Vince Velasquez. I faded him when he was with the Phillies for basically his entire career. Um, and then what? Last year gets, uh, goes to um, who else? Who played for last year? Uh, let me look it up. Yeah, I'm thinking, oh, San Diego. Okay, but for the most part, played with Philadelphia for the bulk of his career. Dude just loves giving up runs. Last season with Philly allowed 55 runs in 81 and two-thirds innings. And in four games with the Padres last season, allowed 13 runs in 12 and two-thirds innings. Vince Velasquez loves giving up runs. Uh, Now he's in Chicago. He's backed by an offense that certainly can protect him. They can score for him. It's got to make you feel good about that. Uh, Going up against Matt Brash um, of the Mariners. Now, Brash um, looks going to be his first first start here. I like this Mariners lineup. Chicago's really strong. To me, it would just be about, and the Mariners just got blanked. So I don't know if they're going to, even though it's Velasquez, I don't know if I can bank on them to score. We'll have to evaluate that. i got to look at Matt Brash's minor league stats and things like that. Cubs, Pirates, Drew Smiley, Zach Thompson, no real lean there. Um, It's Zach Wheeler day for the Phillies. I don't know. Can I go back to the well for the Phillies? This might be a first five under because you got Tyler McGill making his second start, and he was tremendous on opening day for the Mets. Really was. Five innings, just three hits. No runs, didn't walk a guy. He struck out six. Granted, it was the Nationals, not the Phillies lineup. But still, Tyler McGill did a tremendous job for the Mets on opening day. And Zach Wheeler makes his first start of the season for the Phillies. So, a lot to like about Wheeler, who is a, one of the favorites to win the National League Cy Young Award. Um, maybe this is a first five under. Game total is eight and a half right now. Yankees, Blue Jays, You say Kikuchi goes for the Blue Jays. Nestor Cortez for the Yankees. Cortez did a really nice job for the Yankees ever since he got moved from the bullpen to being a starting pitcher. was really, really good for them. Uh, and the Yankees coming off a loss here as well. Total is 10, so it's pretty high in that game. Dodgers are in Minnesota against the Twins. Chris Archer, last from the past, gets the start against Andrew Haney. To me, that game's got runs written all over it. Over is probably the way I'm going to look there. It's nine and a half. Uh, And then you got Hugh Darvish for the Padres going up against Alex Cobb of the Giants. Um, Should be a good pitching matchup there. Lean toward Darvish. and Padres are off to a good start to the season, four and one. But we'll get more into the schedule here, try to pick out some of the leans that we have for this schedule coming up here on Tuesday in Major League Baseball. See if we can settle in on uh a play that we a player two or three that we want to lock in for this board on Tuesday. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's On Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Greg Hoops Peterson. Uh we will talk Major League Baseball with Greg coming up about uh, 15 minutes or so from now. This is the look ahead here on V Sin, the
0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com
2: no purchase necessary void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus
0: at bet365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar see for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5 whatever the sport whatever the moment it's never ordinary at bet 365 21 plus only must be present in ohio if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help call 1-800-GAMBLER terms and conditions apply
1: i'm katya adler host of the global story over the last 25 years i've covered conflicts in the middle east political and economic crises in europe drug cartels in mexico
5: Zumo play. Scott Zettenberg back here with you. This is the look ahead here on BCN, the
4: sports betting network. Uh, taking a look at uh, some of the things around Major League Baseball, um, and, you know, we talked about before the season started a lot of the futurist bets, um, you know, who would win some of the awards as far as MVP, uh, Cy Young rookie of the year um yes there's a lot of people that are very high on uh several players for rookie of the year in you know julio rodriguez and bobby witt jr and spencer torkelson hunter green is another candidate we saw hunter green pitch here for the uh reds finally and he looked pretty good let's see uh hunter green against the um where was Hunter Green's stats? Uh, I'll pull that up here. But I was looking at um Stephen Kwan of the Guardians is off to a pretty good start here for his uh his career. He in let's see, 3 games, he is 8 for 10 at the plate it's a small sample size. Okay, we're not going to sit here and go, you know, wow, you know, what a what a tremendous job um he's uh he's done, right? So he um off to a, a pretty good start here, Kwan. 8 of 10 at the plate. Two doubles, three walks, and yeah, just contributing um he had he was 5 for 5 on Sunday. Um and just off to a very, very good start for the Guardians as um he might be someone to keep keep an eye on as this season moves along. So he's five for five on Sunday. Uh here on Monday, Quan was uh one for three with three RBIs in the game. So, dude is off to. He's eight of ten. So he's more than he's nine of because that wasn't updated. So he's nine of thirteen on the season. Uh, Quan has had a very very nice start. He's batting six ninety two with a one point seven nine OPS. Oof. Oof. Okay, <laughs> pretty nice. Um, Hunter Green, when the Reds played against the Braves, did pretty well. Um, as the he picked up the win. So it was a six three win over the Braves. Green five innings, three runs on four hits, struck out seven, did give up two long balls, but okay, not good, not a bad uh, bad start. Braves actually scored you know later on, so they scored one run in the fourth, two in the fifth, and what happens? Right, you see a guy who maybe you haven't seen, obviously you haven't seen before. You get your preparation, and then as you see them second time through the lineup, third time through the lineup, all that fun stuff. So Green looked pretty good. Um, A lot of these rookies have really gotten off to some good starts. Torkelson, uh, everyone's high on him. I know our very own Jason Weingarten's got some big tickets on Spencer Torkelson. And for the Tigers, this is a team that's going to be live a lot this season. I don't know if they're a player playoff team. But I think they'll be in contention for a wild card spot. I think they're capable of 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 achieving that. Um and so I I just look at this, right? I see the White Sox as the class there, obviously. And I look at the American League East, and I just, I I know the playoffs are expanded. I just don't, I don't know if the Tigers will make the cut. The AL East, four strong teams, and maybe strong's the wrong word. Maybe it's only two, three strong, one quite strong. How's your portfolio, Greg? I'd say strong to quite strong. And then in the West, I could see multiple teams maybe coming out of there. I just don't know about the Central. The only thing that I do know is that it's going to be the White Sox will win that division. So that's what I'm looking at here um, as far as the Tigers. But I do think they'll have a chance. You're going to have three wildcard teams, so who they're going to be? I think it could be two teams out of the AL East and maybe a second team from the West. You know, you get the benefit, and, and, and this is something that you have to think about when it comes to, like, playing these futures. In the American League West, like, yeah, the A's won two games where you just just hear early on in the season. Uh, they just won big uh, on Monday, but... A's, as the season moves along, will not be a highly competitive team. They're only going to win about 60 somewhat games. But right? they might be pushing close to 100 losses. So when you have a team that's going to lose close to 100 games, those losses are wins for someone else. So where are those wins going to be divided? It's going to be divided a majority of them amongst the teams within that division. So you look at the Astros, you look at the Angels, you look at the Mariners. They're going to gobble up a ton of wins just within their division. Playing against the Rangers, who, yes, I know the Rangers lineup is improved. They spent money. Still not there yet. Pitching not there yet. And then in the East, the Orioles, I think they'll be a little better this year, but they're, they're probably pushing a hundred losses. And that adds up to the other teams in the division that are gonna eat up with each other. Whereas in the central. I don't see a pushover. I don't think there's going to be a 100 loss team in the central division. I think the lowest team is going to have, you know, 70 somewhat losses. 75 losses will be last place in the central division. I think everyone's going to be competitive with each other. I really do. So, I, don't, I know a lot of people are high on the Tigers. Tigers will, could win 80-somewhat games. I don't think they get to the magic number that you're trying to look for when it comes to getting a third wild card spot in the American League. Especially when you consider you got in the East, Tampa, the Yankees, the Blue Jays, the Red Sox, And then out west, Astros, Mariners, maybe Angels. That's where I think the wild cards will wind up going. But a lot to like with the Tigers. A lot to like with the Tigers. They're definitely going to be live. I might even look to play them here on Tuesday. Beat the Red Sox here on Monday. I said that was the right spot coming into the day just because of everything that was going against the Red Sox with them having played Sunday Night Baseball against the Yankees. Uh, uh, a series that, you know, takes a lot out of you. Yankees-Red Sox series usually take a lot out of you. Um, and that game played much longer than the uh, the first two games of the series. Uh, and they won, so they feel good about themselves. Then they travel to Detroit. They play the early game. Now they're playing an early game again. Rich Hill is on the mound against Tyler Alexander. Pitching matchup doesn't blow you away. I mean, Rich Hill's gonna lull you to sleep with his pitching. I mean, there's a guy who uh, really—it's it's not like he's gonna his velocity is gonna do anything for you. But he's like just a serviceable guy, right? Last year, uh, split time between Tampa and the Mets, and wasn't great. You know, pitches to contact. He's not a high strikeout guy. Maybe it's a game where the Tigers' offense scores a little bit more than the three runs that they put up here in uh, this game or the one run that they put up in the game before that or the two runs that they put up the game before that. Tigers have only scored uh, 10 runs in four games this season. Maybe this game is a candidate, is a, Breakout candidate for them. Score a little more than what they've been doing so far. Uh, We'll talk more Major League Baseball coming up. Uh, Greg Peterson will join me. Greg now has uh, turned his attention, now that college basketball is over, to Major League Baseball doing a podcast, same way he was doing with uh, College Hoops. He's breaking down pretty much the entire board of the Major League Baseball schedule, given uh, his lines and only the way that Greg Peterson can. We'll have that conversation coming up next. It's the look ahead here on VSIN. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. The NFL draft is right here in Las Vegas, and we'll have extensive coverage, including mock drafts from Matt Humans, Michael Lombardi, a former GM. He's going to give his draft analysis. Our VC host, Mike Pritchard, was a first round pick, and Sean King, Super Bowl champ, will give you insight that you can bet on. Also, legendary sports broadcaster and the voice of the Las Vegas Raiders, Brent Musburger, will give his draft best bets in our NFL draft betting guide. Sign up today to get full access to VSIN through the NFL draft for only $19 at slash spring. Scott Satterberg back here with you. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Joining me now to talk more Major League Baseball is Greg Peterson. And Greg, now that College Troops is in the rear view, you have turned your focus to Major League Baseball. Tell us what you have going on on your baseball betting podcast now.
5: Yep, we've made the very, very unique name, the Baseball Betting Show. The (laughs) beat is still verification. So wherever you wind up being able to catch this podcast, the every hour of the look at everything that we do here at Visa, you're able to find the Baseball Betting Show. It's on the Visa Best Bets podcast, and but taking a look at a lot of unders as. Thus far this season, obviously very young in the season, but over 60% of games have wound up going under the total. And hey, underdogs are doing relatively well, hitting right around 45 46%. When you're able to get those like we wound up seeing with the Oakland A's the last few days, mm. makes it pretty profitable for you. So but taking a look at some unders and some underdogs. And thus far, if you've been betting those, you've been pretty profitable.
4: Well, speaking of underdogs, I was trying to track this and It seemed really interesting to me. On Sunday, you had several teams that were looking to avoid a sweep, Greg, or just avoid going in an 0-3 hole like the Guardians or Twins who were playing a four-game series. Nationals, A's, Rangers, Guardians, Twins, Pirates, Red Sox, and Brewers were all looking to avoid an 0-3 start. All of them won their games. Only the Twins were the favorite. Every other team was an underdog, and they won. Is there something about a team that drops the first two games of a series to then win that third game, or maybe it's something that only applies to a weekend series with that Sunday laziness, maybe? What do you think about
5: that? I do think that there might be a little bit of something to it. Now, I do think that when it comes to what you're going to be seeing in June, July, a lot of people, they do blow it out of proportion. You'll see a lot of steam coming on the team that is 0-2 in a three-game series, a team that's looking to try to not wind up getting swept. And I let's call it what it is. There's a reason why I typically a lot of these teams wind up going down 0-2 in a lot of these series. But we are very on early on here in the baseball season. And I do think that when it comes down to it, these games are very meaningful. And you're still going to like these number three starters. So it's not one of these cases in which you're giving a guy a starter in which it's a case in which you want to get called up from like triple a. It's not like a bullpen game or anything like that. So you know that these guys are going to be coming out with some pride. You know that these are still some of the better pitchers in the league. And I didn't feel like it was a good day for underdogs in general, just with the way that the board wound up setting up. So I don't know if there's a ton to a team trying to avoid a sweep or anything like that, but I did think that it was a very good situational spot for underdogs. And boy, was that the case?
4: Yep. Absolutely. Let's take a look at this board here. For Tuesday, the Red Sox take on the Tigers. Detroit getting the win here on Monday. I thought it was an excellent fade spot for the Red Sox coming off that Sunday night baseball game against the Yankees. You got Rich Hill and Tyler Alexander in this spot. Can we back Detroit as a
5: home dog again? Yep, I think so. You take a look at Rich Hill. And guy is 42 years old and giving out more than three walks per nine innings. And, he was a guy that wanted bouncing around a little bit last year, a trade deadline acquisition, and to his credit, at 41 years old last season, now he's 42 years old. He wanted being able to deliver 155 in a third innings, but Tyler Alexander is a guy that I do like. He does a solid job of being able to not issue a lot of walks. Typically, he's only going to give you right around five or so innings, but this is a Detroit Tigers bullpen that was one of the best in the big leagues in the second half last season, top 10 with that regard. And you take a look at a lot of the guys in the Red Sox bullpen. A lot of those guys wound up having fielding independence that indicate that a little bit of regression is going to be coming in for them. Guys like Garrett Woodlock and Javi Baez, big addition for the Detroit Tigers. You saw them, him hit that big home run on Monday, and I think that the Detroit Tigers being a little bit disrespected here. We've seen a little bit of money come in on the Tigers as well. This was more around plus 120 about a few hours ago. Now we're seeing a lot more 110s, but... As an underdog, I want exciting with the Tigers in this spot.
4: Talking to me about the Mariners and the White Sox. You got Vince Velasquez, who is just I love fading uh, in his time with Philly, and then short time last year in San Diego. Uh, and the Mariners will counter with Matt Brash making his first career major league start. He has never pitched above the Double A level, Greg.
5: Yeah, whenever you're dealing with a guy that hasn't pitched above Double A, that is a little bit of a roll of the dice. Down with Brash. I mean, a guy that at the minor league level last year wound up having right around 11 to 12 strikeouts for nine innings. He's got electrifying stuff, but you can't think that he's necessarily going to be going too deep in this start. Now, the good news is the Seattle Mariners who have a good bullpen, but when it comes to the lineup, there's just no comparing it. The Seattle Mariners just wound up not being able to score any runs against the Minnesota Twins yesterday against Dylan. Don't call me Al Bundy. That's not necessarily what you want. You got a lot of guys that wind up coming over from the Cincinnati Reds like a Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez. They should be able to give this team a little bit of a boost. But when it comes to the lineup, the White Sox have the clear advantage. I think that Vince Velasquez is probably going to be like an opener plus. I think that he only winds up going three or four innings. Then you wind up getting into the guys like an Aaron Bummer, a Jose Ruiz, guys that are able to give you some good innings. So while well, I do think that if you're looking at the starter matchup alone, I do give the advantage to Brash. I think that with the back half of the game and just having a better lineup with the White Sox does provide a little bit of value because White Sox opened up right around a minus 150. We've seen this cut in half to more like a minus 125, minus 130-ish, so you're getting a good discount.
4: And the White Sox in their home opener as well. Uh, Mets and Phillies, uh, Phillies with a five-run eighth inning. They come from behind. They beat the Mets here on monday and you got to feel bad for a guy like alec bohm three throwing errors in this game he totally had the yips uh hopefully he can move on from that it's a great pitching matchup Tyler mcgill who was great for the mets on opening day against zach wheeler making his first start of the season greg
5: and legitimately zach wheeler is a top five pitcher in the national league you take a look at what he did in the month of september last year and he was nothing short of spectacular and I think that he's going to be in for a big year this year as well. A guy that threw over 210 innings. Guy is an absolute workhorse. And for Miguel, the big thing with him is the deep ball. Throughout his career, he's been giving up right around 1.8 home runs per nine innings. In his first start, as you mentioned, Miguel was relatively solid. But the Mets, they always find a way to screw things up. And it's clear that the bullpen is looking like it's going to be a little bit of an issue. Once again, this year, they lost Jurisic Familia along with Aaron loop. And on Thursday, they wound up losing the game because they gave up a five-spot in the eighth inning. I do think that the bats are going to be going out a little bit more in this game, a little bit earlier for the Philadelphia Phillies, picking up all that they did in the offseason with Kyle Schwarber, Nick one of the most lethal outfields with regards to hitting that you're ever going to find. I do lean a little bit more to the under in this game, just because I am a big believer in Zach Wheeler, And on top of that, you've got a Philadelphia Phillies team that they completely revamped that bullpen Right hand, you saw him being able to get the close. You've got Corey Canables now in there as well. So I take a look at this game. Money line is a little bit chalky with the Philadelphia Phillies, but you're able to get plus money on a run line. I typically don't like to take a lot of run lines with home teams, but I think that this could be a good spot because I do think that there's a big mismatch between Wheeler and McGill.
4: Yeah, and Trevor May left the game for the Mets with some arm stiffness. So he's not going to be available. And Edwin Diaz still on the bereavement list, so the Mets will be without him in the back end of their bullpen. What's going on with your Brewers, Greg, the brew crew, not
5: off to a good start here. They got shut out by the Baltimore Orioles. (laughs) That's all that needs to be said. When you're getting shut out by the Baltimore Orioles, that is not great. And with the Milwaukee Brewers, this is going to be a very good under team this year because I do think that the pitching is going to come around. We've noticed some bad starts from guys like Brandon Woodruff. Corbin Burns wasn't terrible, but he certainly wasn't terrific in his opener against the Cubs. Now, It's a to-be-determined situation with the Baltimore Orioles, which means they're just going to throw out there someone that's terrible. I'm thinking it's going to be Spencer Watkins and Eric Lauer. If you took a look at him after the All-Star break last year, sub-3 ERA, I think that this is probably going to be a relatively solid spot for the under. Once again, I'm seeing it at 9 at DraftKings with complete mystery pitcher going for the Baltimore Orioles, but take a look at this Milwaukee Brewers team. Offense has not been the same ever since Christian Yelich wound up having a little bit of a back issue. Last year, he hasn't been himself. Guess era. we used to say hip-hip are hip, for him. Last year, he had a buck 65, so it became hip-hip boo. It's just a Milwaukee Brewers team. that They don't have a lot of hitting. They've got a lot of pitching. Going to be a good under team this year.
4: Uh, we got less than a minute left. Uh, Dodgers, Twins, Andrew Haney against Chris Archer. Line total is at 9.5. Why is this total not 11.5?
5: Because it's in Minnesota in the month of April, that's the only reason why, and the LA Dodgers a top three bullpen out there. So even if Patrick Heaney gives up a couple home runs, you do have the bullpen to be able to help you up. But boy, Chris Archer—the last time we wound up getting good, meaningful stats from him, 2019—and he was awful, giving up 25 home runs that season. This is by which I'm going to be taking a look at the Dodgers, who you're going to get a discount, right? Raw minus 130. Sign me up.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, although Andrew Haney. You know he's going to give up a couple. He's going to give up a couple of bombs here. So. In the
5: field of dreams, game, <laughs> he made a
4: lot of dreams come true. Greg, appreciate the time. We'll be listening to the baseball betting show. Thank you, Scott. Always a pleasure. There he is, Greg Peterson. Check out the baseball betting show on the Vsin Best Bets uh, podcast feed. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is the Look Ahead here on Vsin
3: Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart90s, dance away with hip-hop beats, and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no sign-ups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.
5: This is the look ahead on VSN, the sports betting network.
4: If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, BetRivers has you covered. BetRivers has launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are city casts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. It's a look ahead here on VCN, the sports betting network. You can always tweet at me at Scott's on air, S C O T T S O N A I R. I think that there's an opportunity maybe here with this Dodgers game against the Twins. 7.40 Eastern time start in Minnesota. Chris Archer against Andrew Haney. Chris Archer just signed with the Twins on March 28th. (laughs) So, um... Since the start of 2019, Archer has pitched in just 29 games in 139 innings, a 5.12 ERA, a 4.91 FIP. Uh, He missed time with a thumb injury, shoulder inflammation, missed all of last season after neck surgery, and uh, yeah, so just signed with the Twins on March 28th. Andrew Haney, meanwhile, last year posted a negative war. That's how bad he was. He gave up over a hit per inning. Almost a run per inning for the Yankees once he was traded there from the Angels. And this spring, he pitched two games in the Cactus League in Arizona. He allowed five runs in both games, getting a total of 16 outs. He has since pinched in a simulated game to continue to build up his arm strength. Now, I'm looking at the weather, and it's clear, about 43 degrees. Um, Let's see. Well, let's see, 7 p.m. Now, the wind is blowing in. That's the thing that does possibly concern me about the over now there is no strong well is it in strong about uh, maybe a slight drizzle at game time perhaps some light rain a little later on in the game around 9 p.m uh, eastern time there uh 12.2 mile per hour winds blowing in from right field And then 10-mile-per-hour winds, then 13-mile-per-hour winds in from right, right center. So not good for lefties swinging at the high wall there in right field with the wind blowing in from right field. That might be the only reason why the under maybe doesn't hit. But here's the thing. Andrew Haney's a lefty. So the uh, the Twins probably load up there Lineup with righties. And so hitting the ball to left field might not be as affected as hitting the ball to right field. (sighs) I feel like the Dodgers might be the play. I don't know how long Chris Archer goes into the game. I don't know how long Andrew Haney uh, goes in this game. What I do know is that both these starting pitchers are not good and there should be runs. I don't hate doing a yes run to be scored in the first inning in this game because I, I believe that both these guys will give up runs. I was thinking about maybe a first five over. Total in the game is nine to nine and a half. The nine right now on DraftKings is juiced at minus 115. The, yes, a run to be scored in the first inning is uh, minus 130. Um, Actually, both sides are juiced on this one because I'm seeing uh, total runs in the first inning over or under a half a run up on DraftKings. The over minus 130, the under minus 125. So, juiced both ways. Um, I think there could be scores early. That might be one that I might strongly consider just because of how bad both of these starting pitchers are. As far as any winds really blowing out, um, the strongest winds tomorrow might be St. Louis blowing from right to left, perhaps out to left field. Royals at the Cardinals. Total for that game is eight and a half. Daniel Lynch going for KC, Dakota Hudson for the Cardinals. Lynch is a lefty, which means the righties for the Cardinals might have a fun time pulling the ball with 15 to 16 mile per hour winds blowing out to left field. The ball might carry to left field and we could see some balls fly out of the ballpark. Maybe Albert Pujols runs into one um, or Nolan Arenado, someone might have an opportunity to go deep that could be a way to look here in this one uh just thinking about the totals thinking about uh, runs that could be scored i'm seeing eight and a half juiced at minus 115 for the total between those uh cardinals and the royals other ballpark wind factors, maybe. Let's see. Um, as mentioned, the Cardinals, 16-mile-per-hour winds blowing out to left. Um, Twins blowing in from right. Braves, nothing. Angels, strong winds in L.A. Strong winds blowing out to right field. That is interesting. Well, I'm seeing... 17 mile per hour winds, uh, uh, 17, 16.6, 21 mile per hour wind gusts at 9 p.m. blowing out to right field in the Marlins Angels game. Total for the Marlins and the Angels right now is set at 9, juiced at minus 115. Are there nine and a halfs out there? Nope. Staying at nine. And so you're looking at lefties. Could we possibly have lefties? Well, Lizardo, starting from Miami, is a lefty. And so is Patrick Sandoval for the Angels, which means both lineups would be mostly right-handed batters, little l- less likely to take advantage of the wind blowing out to right field. You would think that it would benefit left-handed batters, trying to pull the ball to right field. That's pretty much it. Those are the only really wind factors uh, with the ballparks. White Sox wind could be. uh, It's blowing in, but not really strong. Same thing uh, in Detroit with the Tigers. Nothing there. No strong winds at all. Giants, strong winds in San Francisco. Blowing out to center, right field and right center. So that is going to be Something to take a look at. Strong winds, Padres and the Giants. And we're seeing it. I mean, we had the wind here in Vegas, so you know, okay, I gotta imagine that you know California's dealing with some windy conditions as well. Uh, total is seven and a half between you Darvish and Alex Cobb. Seven and a half. That is that is low. I don't know if those pitchers are going to take advantage, are going to, uh, the hitters are going to take advantage of these wins, but these are strong, the weather forecast, let me just lay this out here. First pitch is scheduled for that game at 6.45 Pacific time. The wind at that time is projected to be gusts of 24 miles per hour. Going down to 23, an hour later, down to 22 to 21. Winds north, northwest, meaning, uh, uh, west, northwest, meaning going out to center field, right center field at, um, at the ballpark there at Oracle. Gotta look at Darvish's stats, you know, his ground ball rate versus fly ball rate. Um, And same thing for Alex Cobb to see if there's going to be enough fly balls to take advantage of that wind. But it is already a very difficult park to homer in because of the winds. But I'm wondering with the winds blowing out, will that mean that some balls might be traveling? That's going to be another one that I will look to explore. Uh, Seven and a half. Between those two pitchers, you would lean under. These wins might be a little bit of a concern. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You hit me up on Twitter, at Scott's on air. Get back into the NBA. Coming up next, this is The Look Ahead here on v
3: Zumo Play.